I saved big money with the Progressive Home and Auto Bundle, so I finally bought that new set of golf clubs. Watch out, Fairway. Here I come. This is not a real testimonial. Sure, customers can save big with Progressive, but your other expenses won't just disappear. Are those clubs going to help you when the hot water heater dies? Also, it sounds like your money is better spent on golf lessons. Time to go shoot the course record. No, but maybe time for a reality check. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Good afternoon, good evening, you're on got already this, Eagle Eyes on Tech, I am Eagle Falcon. Today is going to be the show all based on panicking one day and then going, oh, that's it, the next. Because I have two stories like that. The first one being involving the Nintendo Switch. In which stories came out Monday, that being last Monday, not the Monday that this podcast actually goes out. But I digress. Where Nintendo Switch players were advised to secure your accounts, enable two-factor authentication after there were hundreds, thousands of support, I'm sorry, reports saying there has been unauthorized login access And then everyone started to speculate, my god, what could these vile fiends be planning getting into our Nintendo accounts? I mean, granted, you do have financial data tied to it. They could go ahead and buy digital games for you. Wait. No, but clearly they were after the actual financial information in the first place, right? You know what? No one is entirely certain what it was. It was later then found out, in fact, on Friday, that over 160,000 user accounts were hacked, and it was all because of the legacy Nintendo accounts being linked to Switch accounts. That's how the hack occurred. And in fact, by doing it this way, they could not fetch any useful data from the accounts. In fact, the worst they could do was buy you digital copies of games that only you could use for you without your permission. Which is still a dick move, by the way. But at the same time, The attacker gets nothing out of it other than lulls, and that's it. Regardless, though, I am still a major supporter of just two-factor authenticating everything. That is the much safer route to go, because you never know what's going to happen. You never know. When some hack, some leak out there is going to put your account 
and more importantly, your bank information at risk. Now, speaking of other scary things, there is a new iOS text bomb bug that can crash your phone by simply viewing the text. I, of course, will not say what the text is, for it is words so cursed that just hearing them can cause your ears to explode. That, and I have no idea what they are. But seriously, how does this occur? And how is it only iOS that seems to somehow suffer from these text viewing bugs that cause catastrophic crashes to the phones? This isn't the first time this has happened either, which is what's even more stunning. Well, in any case, Apple promises that a fix is on the way. And in the meantime, if you're an iOS user, just don't look at text from strange numbers. That's about all we can say. Or, you know, it all it causes is a crash. Just restart the phone. The end. It's not like the ones before where the text bomb bug was so bad it actually commandeered access to the phone. Though the downside is is that thanks to the Apple Watch and the new notification system that Apple has now actually catching up with Android, finally. It's going to be much, 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 much harder to avoid such an exploit. That also being said, um, did you know that there is a flaw inside iOS that has allowed hackers to steal your data and this flaw has existed for years? Reports have come out that Apple is now planning to fix a flaw that a security firm has found that has left half a billion iPhones, iPads, and probably all one dozen iPod touches that are still out in the wild, vulnerable to hackers. The article says that it only affects iPhones and iPads, but I'm let's be honest, if it affects those two, it's gonna affect pretty much every single iOS device out there since the iPhone and the iPad are pretty much all of them. And you're just missing the iPod Touch, and there's there's what? 12 of them out there? (sighs) What's, What's more stunning to me is the fact this flaw has existed for so long. And it's just, nah, we're not gonna, we're just gonna not talk about it ever. Kind of like how the German government would like to never, ever talk again about how it lost tens of tens of millions of euros in a COVID-19 phishing attack. 
Now, look, I, I understand it is very easy to look at something like this from someone who has seen tons upon tons upon tons of phishing and scam attacks out there to the point where I actually go back and mess with the scammers right back. I will say that one scammer did not like my attitude when I when I said, you know, I'd love to help you out, but I'm short a couple hundred dollars. Can you spot me a couple hundred? So, I mean, it's very easy for me as someone who feels relatively seasoned in noticing a scam to say, how could you have fallen for this? But I have to ask, how could you have fallen for this? Apparently, the phishing attack was accomplished via email, the phishing attacker claiming that that all we needed was a bit of information to get you the, get you the medical supplies that your country needs in order to treat the pandemic properly. Good job. A plus number one. Though, speaking of COVID-19, an exclusive from Reuters. Amazon is developing a thermal camera system to scan for fevers of their workers faster as they go in and out. Now, it might just be because as someone who is a subcontractor for the various major healthcare providers here in the state of Wisconsin, and whenever he has to go and deliver various products to said healthcare providers, has to constantly be questioned and then stand there while they take your temperature and then you're then required to then go put on put on your mask if you don't have one you need to go back out and get yours or you're then supplied one i for one would be so much in favor if we could just skip the majority of that and just like walk in and just go like oh we don't see a fever okay carry on Especially since one of these, I kid you not, I walk into the building. For five minutes, I am questioned and then scanned and then am given my mask. I then take two steps to the left over to the front counter and then ask them, hey, do you have anything for me to pick up? And they tell me no. And I say, okay. And then I leave. I, I I am still I am just amazed that we haven't thought of this sooner employing thermal cameras for this kind of screening. That being said though, Amazon has in fact been caught using merchant data, which it totally which it says it totally doesn't, to then look at what people are buying 
and then use that data to decide what what its next first party product it should make is. So for those who don't understand what I just said, Amazon's bread and butter, believe it or not, I know it seems shocking, but their bread and butter is selling other people's products. In fact, there are tons of people who are small retailers that also sell what they have on Amazon, and then they just ship their products to Amazon, and then Amazon ships it out as it's bought on Amazon. Most of the time when you purchase on Amazon, you are actually purchasing from another retailer that is using Amazon as the delivery mechanism. But as part of that, Amazon doesn't read the merchant data. So say, for example, let's pretend it is 10 years ago. Let's pretend it's 10 years ago and I still work at a small computer shop. We, in fact, sold a lot of our surplus cables that we had there. We sold them on Amazon. Well, if Amazon looks at our data and goes, hey, wait a minute. People buy a lot of DVI cables. And at the time we did, we sold a ton of DVI cables. We were also sitting on a metric ton of DVI cables. Well, then suddenly Amazon just decides, you know, we can make DVI cables for cheaper than this little shop is. And then they go do it. That starts raising a whole lot of red flags. And in fact, starts becoming a bit of a... uh, Bit of a bit of a problem. While Amazon has replied when Congress approached Amazon and said, we are just as stunned about this as you are, and we are launching an internal investigation to find out how we used other people's data in our own benefit, because that is not the Amazon way. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, okay then. So Amazon's going to internally investigate itself, but I guarantee you, probably in a couple of months, because granted, right now, every single government body in existence has its hands full with the pandemic. I guarantee you in a couple of months, there is going to be a federal investigation into Amazon resulting in this because they definitely can't do that Microsoft has released one last preview for the Windows 10 2020 update and I'm not going to lie as much as we're going to be seeing such features as Cortana getting a bit of an update. An update using the... Oh, excuse me. Using safe mode with a pin instead and all sorts of other fun things. And granted, I don't have the the fullest in front of me. These are just some of the the features that Engadget decided to mention. Um, You know what this headline really tells me? This headline 
is a reminder that you need to go go to your start button go to settings you need to go to updates and security you need to go to advanced options And you need to go ahead at the very bottom where it says choose when updates are installed. And set that, both of them, to 30. Because I guarantee you, when this update comes out, there is going to be a problem. And you're going to be thanking me that you just did that, which I'm surprised I didn't do until just this minute as I'm recording this podcast that you can now delay the installation of said update for 30 days because you're going to find out two days after this update comes out that people are going to be reporting lost data. Yeah, I, I, I guarantee it because every single one of these Microsoft updates, it seems to just always happen. There's going to be some flaw. I'm calling it now. And it's going to happen. Meanwhile, over at Valve, there was a massive, colossal, important source code leak. A source code leak so devastating that it decided to become a Discord chain letter. Yes, Discord channels all over the place, but none of the big ones. We're talking about how CSGO and Team Fortress 2 has had their source code leak. And now, no one should ever play these two titans of multiplayer gaming ever again because the source code has leaked. And because of that, your computer could be at serious risk. You want to know what the important bit of information that, that I didn't mention there was? The source code is from 2017. It's three-year-old source code. So there is a very, there's, I'm not going to say a very high chance, but a very good chance that any sort of vulnerabilities that are found in said source code have already been patched. That is what it boils down to. Chat saying it doesn't matter. It's corporate source code. 95% of it has not been touched since then. That's one way to look at it. Except that they're on. It'd be one thing if it was a game that didn't require to be touched. Team Fortress 2 and Counter-Strike Global Offensive are both the most active games that Valve works on right now. They are constantly being patched and worked on. Now, 
Does this mean that you should absolutely never, ever play these games again? No. Does this make Valve look bad? Of course it does. However, to say that three-year-old source code being leaked means that these games are dead, never to be touched again, it's the end of Valve, and ex- as we all know it, and no one should ever, ever play it. It's just dumb. I'm sorry, it is. But the art, the argument that that the source that most likely the source code has been untouched in three years, when it's a game that's this active and a game that still to this day makes Valve, God, who knows how much money? I mean, the thing is that there's people are still buying hats for Team Fortress Two. Which is really the only thing people play Team Fortress 2 for is hats. CSGO, on the other hand, it that is still one of the bigger esports titles out there. I don't think it's been untouched. I think that is bull. I just realized my headphone wire is so badly tangled. It's, jeez. How did that happen? All right, I'm going to try and not be distracted by my super tangled cable. God dang. My point is, though, the the absolute panicking and fear-mongering that was happened over CSGO and Team Fortress 2 is overblown. Go enjoy games. That's all I'm going to say on that. That being said, though, I'll tell you what you shouldn't enjoy. Do not, under any circumstances, enjoy the Facebook gaming app for Android. Why? Because think about every single word I just said in a row. Facebook gaming app for Android. It's true. There is a dedicated app where you too can watch all 12 of the Facebook gaming streamers that exist, and it's only available for Android. That being said, I think there actually are, like, there's actually quite a few, like, pretty big-name speedrunners that are actually exclusively streaming their speedrun attempts on Facebook gaming. And I think they make up six of the 12 people that are on Facebook gaming. I mean, for crying out loud, Even when I was starting off streaming and I used, uh, what was it, Restream to broadcast myself to multiple different platforms, I never even touched Facebook gaming, ever. 
Granted, back then, there was no mixer. It was beam.tv. I'm trying to think, isn't, isn't the Mexican speedrunner on uh, Facebook Gaming? All right, but let, let's focus here. Why did I say on Android over and over and over and over and over again? Because first off, to rub it into the faces of every single iPhone user out there that you can't get this app. That in itself amuses me a little bit. But also, the thing is, is that on Android, app developers do have more access to the device than you do on iOS. Granted, it's better than it used to be. With that also being said, this is Facebook. Facebook has a tendency when you give them an inch, they take 20 miles. There's a, there's a saying that doesn't translate too well across the pond. I actually kind of, kind of wonder if over across, across the pond over in Europe, do, do they have like, give them a centimeter, they take a meter. Is that a saying? It doesn't sound as classy. The point is, Facebook gaming exists. Don't do it. Bad end. Chat says, we have, give them a finger and they take the entire arm. In Facebook's take, they just take you. All of you. And your brother. That brother you never knew you had. Now, with all that said, though, there was one thing that I did find fascinating about Facebook gaming. Because, of course, when this article came out and the news came out, I had to go back and go, Oh, right, Facebook gaming exists! Guess how... Streamers on Facebook gaming make their money. Go on, guess. I can't hear you because it's a podcast, but go on, guess. You probably said something very similar to how Twitch streamers make their money. On the Twitch platform alone, if you are an affiliate or a partner, you make a small amount of ad revenue you make at least a 50% cut on on monthly subscriptions and you get one cent for every bit which is a fake currency that you buy with real currency and you use bits to cheer with animated emojis So you would assume on on the Facebook side of things, there'd be a heavier emphasis on ads, right? No. Facebook streamers don't make a cent on advertisements. 
they only make money with, they're not called bits, but basically bits. That's it. And it's kind of with that I have to wonder, why? Why in the heck would you actually go to Facebook Gaming when you have next to zero discoverability, next to zero audience, and the monetization options are just not there? I'm puzzled. What is the appeal? Ponder that for a moment. I don't have the answer. Even to this day, I still don't have the answer. But we're going to take a break here. When we come back, there's a Google card coming out soon. And more evidence that Android phones have no idea what the heck they want their future to be. Modern leaders. It's not just their ability to reason that we value or their eloquence. It's more than their intelligence that we admire. What truly matters is their humanity. Just like modern leaders, the LS is human at heart. Every aspect of the Lexus LS is crafted around you, engineered to a higher standard, the human standard. The new 2021 Lexus LS. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. Speaking of streaming, I actually did forget to include this story when I did the prep. I'll I'll be perfectly honest. We talked in the past about a streamer named Alinity. About how Twitch was not keeping its standards standard. Because as one person gets suspended for one kind of behavior Alinity gets nothing, not even a warning when she feeds vodka to a cat when she hurls a cat on stream and other such reprehensible behavior well she finally receives a suspension of which we have no idea how long it is for accidentally flashing on her Twitch channel. And it took Twitch, no joke, a little under a day to finally get to it. Just a just a little bit of a follow-up to a story that I would never hear the end of. But there you go. Microsoft has decided to start selling 
Cyberpunk 2077 bundles. Which will include an exclusive skinned version of the Xbox One X. Which, by the way, as far as we can tell, is not going to be able to run the game. See, this is something I'm, I'm a little confused about. Because we covered a story before. Where Microsoft said, or rather the developers said, they would include, with the sales of Cyberpunk 2077, a code that would let you get the Xbox Series X version of the game when it's available. In the meantime, you can enjoy the Xbox One version. But everyone that's talking about this is saying that there's not going to be an Xbox One version. So are they crazy or is there a story I missed? I can't help but wonder whenever these sort of things happen. Am I crazy or is everyone else crazy? At this time, I am not sure if there is or isn't going to be an Xbox one version of cyberpunk 2077 i would say if you can get the pc version i'm just saying when it comes to a to a high visual game like this the pc way is the best way because that way if you don't simply don't have a high end, high end enough game to to do it. You can just tone the graphics down. But then when you pull off that amazing upgrade to your PC, it is much, much more satisfying. Motorola has released its. Well, actually, it hasn't released it yet. I take that back. It has, however, leaked pretty much everything you need to know about the Edge Plus, which is supposed to be Motorola's new latest and greatest entry back into the Android highlight, including a high-res display, a triple camera array on the rear that bulges out a little bit, Glass that curves around the edges. And a small punch hole for the front-facing camera. And, most importantly, no headphone jack and a $1,000 price tag. Wait. That doesn't sound good at all. So, so wait. What, what makes this a, a, a great phone why should we be impressed the screen isn't even all that impressive it's just a 90 hertz refresh rate but it's a 1080p screen in fact it's actually lower end except for the 90 hertz refresh rate than my own Samsung S 
10, which you can get currently for what, 600 bucks? And my phone has a headphone jack. What was your plan? I'm 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 sorry. I'm sorry Motorola. You uh you failed. There is no reason to get this phone. Period. LG on the other hand is going out of its way to prove me wrong. Cuz one thing I said One thing I said, and you'll remember me saying this, because everyone called me, I don't remember what you guys called me, mostly because I try to forget those sort of things, but the point is, is that tons of people tried to say that, Eagle, you're wrong, the headphone jack's not going away. We need our headphone jack. Any phone that doesn't have a headphone jack is dead to me. And I said, I- I'm sorry. I'm looking at the trends. Every big new Android phone is losing the headphone jack. Ever since Samsung, which was one of the last holdouts for it, got rid of the headphone jack on their flagships, I said the, the headphone jack's days are numbered. Which, by the way, OnePlus and the whole motto of never settling. Why am I settling for not having a headphone jack? I'm sorry, that still bothers me. The motto of never settle and then they get rid of, get rid of a feature. Give me a break. I'm getting distracted though. The point is, LG is showing off their velvet phone which includes a triple camera array a snapdragon 765 which is one of the it is it either is the highest end or is one of the highest end snapdragon phones i'm not entirely certain but in any case has a glass back a front facing hole punch camera edge to edge screen and a headphone jack Unfortunately, at this time, we don't know what the price is going to be. My only fear in all this is that we're soon to be moving to a world where you have to pay over a grand to get your headphone jack back. Unless you go for a really, 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 really cheap phone. And then you get your headphone jack. AMD has released its low-end Ryzen... Is it 3000 or 4000 series? I can't keep track with the AMD processors. But in any case, it is 3000. They're low-end Ryzen 3000 processors. We have the Ryzen 3 3100... 
and the Ryzen 3300X. Both of which I believe are quad-core parts, but I am not 100% certain, and this article will not tell me. It instead wants to focus on the clock speeds, which is really frustrating. I apologize for pausing so much and stalling for time as I very, very quickly glance through this article. And sure enough, it does not say what the... Oh, no, there we go. Both of them are going to be four cores with eight threads. The 3100 is going to have a base frequency of 3.6 gigahertz and will boost up to 3.9 gigahertz. The 3300X runs at 3.8 gigahertz and boosts up to 4.3 gigahertz, both of which also support PCI Express fourth generation. One thing this article doesn't say is whether these CPUs also have a discrete GPU. But they will be a $100 part and a $120 part. You want to talk about budget gaming gems. This is it right here. I'm I'm actually like pleasantly surprised that these CPUs exist. And it does make me wonder what this paired with say like a 2060 would actually look like. Chat says it doesn't boost at 5 gigahertz. Not interested. Well, fine. That's not for you. But what if you were looking to build on the cheap? I'm telling you, these are going to be an excellent option for those wanting to get into building their own PC on a tight budget. Yeah, sure. It's not going to be the... Crazy high-end super systems. There's going to be no 16-core monstrosities or anything like that. We want to talk about just just for just plugging in and get get to gaming. You're going to be fun. Actually, do any of the AMD parts boost to five gigahertz? Thirty-two cores is the minimum spec for anything in these games. Oh well, chat's got me there. I can't argue with that. Let's shift gears a bit here. Nvidia has, you know, I'll I'll just put it as bluntly as I can. Nvidia has created actual witchcraft by releasing RTX Voice, which is a special feature that I am not using currently because I do not own a RTX card and I do not hate my system enough to, (laughs) you know, RTX Voice would in fact block out the sound of that motorcycle that was just picked up by my mic. It actually is kind of that creepily good. I couldn't have 
have timed that better if I tried. But no, real talk, I actually do recommend checking out the uh, demonstrations given by Gamers Nexus, uh, Linus Tech Tips on the, uh, on what, what was their channel they had it on? Their short, their short circuit channel. And Gamers Nexus all had very in-depth demonstrations of RTX voice. And it is scary just how well, I didn't even explain what it did. RTX voice, what it does is that it uses the AI tensor cores on the RTX GPUs in order to intelligently isolate out your voice and eliminate everything else, including keystroke clacks, including saying messing around with with a knife because you have ADD and you just can't help yourself and you occasionally just let it on the on the desk and you hear that sort of sound. Not that I would know anything about that example I just gave. Or say if your next door neighbor needed to fire up their motorcycle as they drove drove off to escape their quarantine. Or, you know, to just get out of the house to not be crazy. It would drown all of that out. And it is scary how well it works. Now, it does work with tweaking with non-RTX cards. However, it's not as good on the non-RTX cards. People have been saying they got it to work at, on cards as old as the Kepler generation, which is the GTX 6 and 700 series. I have not heard of anyone getting it to work on Fermi, which if you're like, I'll, I'll be real honest. I'm, I'm usually one in favor of making computers last as long as possible. But if you're still using a Fermi card, it's time to upgrade. It's it's time. Look, I squeeze a lot of life. I had one Fermi card left in my arsenal of used GPUs, and it finally died. If I can let Fermi go, you can let Fermi go. I first need to let Kepler go. I am still using an old Kepler card. What is wrong with me? I was waiting for that motorcycle to get picked up again and, and like only a little bit did. <laughs> Speaking of NVIDIA, GeForce Now is adding Assassin's Creed and Far Cry to their arsenal of game games that you own, by the way, and can stream on a different computer. But it loses Xbox and Warner Brothers as well as a bunch of other titles. Uh, what? We already paid you for the games! It's, this is the part that's baffling to me when it comes to GeForce Now. We paid for the games and we're playing it on a 
different system. It just happens to be in the cloud. So why? Why do you have to be such freaking jags to keep doing this? I'm sorry, but that's what it just boils down to. You can call it greed. You can call it not understanding what the end game here is. You you can call it whatever you want. The point is, is that these companies that are pulling these games off, you're just jags now. You're just jerks. You're some other words that I'd rather not say on a podcast that I do everything in my power to keep PG-13. And I say that as someone who absolutely hates cloud gaming. I do. I hate it. I would much rather sooner build my own cloud and game using that. Which, funny enough, I actually own a cloud gaming GPU. What does that say about me? I've always been a fan more of having the physical copies. Heck, I bought two physical copies of Final Fantasy VII Remake. Because I wanted to absolutely refuse to get the digital version. And the whole concept of cloud gaming is to basically make your console digital. To make sure you had no physical access of it. But this whole concept of just pulling titles off a platform like this literally killing the concept. On the bright side, though, if you're a GeForce Now founder, um, your first billing cycle is being delayed till June. You have until June now to contemplate whether you actually want to pay money for this the service that literally everyone else is trying to kill. I actually feel a little bad for NVIDIA here. I really do. It's not NVIDIA's fault that this is happening. We're going to take another break here when we come back. Epic Games Caves to Google. As well as Robots. Just robots. That's your tease. It's robots. At ADP, we understand the importance of building the right team and offer the data insights to help. Just as importantly, our AI technology helps you pay the team accurately. Grow stronger with ADP. HR, talent, time, and payroll. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. 
I'm Eagle Falcon. You may not remember this, but there was a big war going on between Epic and Google. Epic owns this very obscure game. I don't know if you ever heard heard about it. Um, the, the game is called Fortnite, and apparently, with uh, with a small population of of kids, it is a very popular game. I don't know why, but the important thing is that it's available on PC and on mobile and on pretty much every console in existence. Well, in the case of Android, if you want to put a game on the Google Play Store, any in-app purchases done within the game, Android takes, or rather Google takes, a 30% cut. Well, seeing as how Fortnite, this super obscure game no one has heard of, uses primarily in-app purchases as their source of revenue to fund the game, and pay their developers. That means that Google would take a 30% cut of all the in-app purchases. Epic was not fond of this idea. So in fact, all this time, you could only get Fortnite on Android from outside of the Google Play Store. You had to sideload it or go through Epic's own store for Android. Well, Epic has finally caved in. Now you too can get this super obscure game that no one has ever heard of totally. (laughs) I'm sorry, I can't keep doing it with a straight face. Yeah, you can get Fortnite now on the Google Play Store. You absolutely shouldn't. For On one hand, I absolutely would discourage anyone from getting Fortnite. Because when push comes to shove, it's a very shallow game that is overhyped. I'm sorry, it is. Granted, I have a distaste for current first-person shooter games a lot of them have found very little areas to innovate and that has been severely disappointing Fortnite in particular it's only got the one game mode and that's basically it I know there's a first person campaign I know there's a, a single player campaign no one does it And Fortnite has been living off that hype for far too long. And now on top of that, you want to go play this game, which is, which strongly relies on Twitch reflexes. Actually, isn't Fortnite third person? Yeah, that's right. It's third person, not first person. Regardless. You really want to do that on your phone? Do you really want to play that using 
those terrible touchscreen emulated no just no don't do it I'm telling you just don't there is going to be a new Wi-Fi standard soon so long ago actually not all that long ago we had quite a few different Wi-Fi standards 802.11a, 802.11b, 802.11g, 802.11n, 802.11ac, 802.11ax. And finally, finally they decided, all right, we should simplify the naming system. So now retroactively, it was called Wi-Fi 1, Wi-Fi 2, Wi-Fi 3, Wi-Fi 4, Wi-Fi 5, and Wi-Fi 6. Well, there's a new Wi-Fi standard, Wi-Fi 6E, and that includes broadcasting Wi-Fi on the 6 gigahertz band, which should provide faster speeds, more bandwidth, and come at the cost, most likely, of a little bit of range, but not too much. So, you know, all's well and good. Eventually, this will be a, a wide accepted standard, and we'll see it used more and more, yada, yada, yada. But I have to ask, why did you call it 6E? I thought you learned your lesson! Not to mix letters and numbers! You had... You had a fine... Freaking... Naming system! You had it! That's all you had to do! What is it? With all of these technology naming standards and having to think, we we got it. We can just call it a thing and then a number and then the higher number means it's newer or better. And this actually is my gripe for the longest time with the Core i-series naming scheme. With the Core i3, the Core i5, the Core i7... And now the Core i9. Yes, Wi-Fi... Someone in the chat asks if 802.11ax is the same as Wi-Fi 6. Yes. Yes, it is. Now, but now they're not calling it 802.11ax anymore. In fact... Wi-Fi 6E doesn't even have an 80211 and then letters at all. Which I'm fine with. Get rid of 
this, that, and the other thing, because my God, you try explaining to your grandmother why 802.11ac is better than 802.11n. Be honest. You're going to give up and just say it just is. And Intel does this too. How many times do you compare two different laptops and find out, oh, by the way, that laptop over there that has that Core i7? Uh-huh. Yeah, that Core i7 is clocked at 1.3 gigahertz and it's a dual core. Go with this laptop over here that has an i3 that's rocking two gigahertz. You had one job. Stop it. Ah! It's not that hard for for a tech nerd like me to just go through the specs and find out, oh, is this better or not? But man, it's so obnoxious. Because of course, what does everyone do? Oh, this laptop has a Core i7 in it. That means it's fast. Except it doesn't! Because you know as well as I do that i7 is a lie. The i3 in your desktop is faster. Every time. That actually didn't take long with uh, USB... What was it? The USB 3 also did something weird either. Chat's trying to come up of examples with mine, except uh, it, it's even worse than just saying, oh, yeah, this i7-4970K and the i7-9700K. That's just a generational thing. Because you can easily say 4th gen i7 versus a ninth gen i7. I'm talking within the same generation this kind of nonsense happens, where you have the ultra-low voltage i7, which is still labeled an i7. Clocked in at 1.3 gigahertz and is a dual core and sips five watts because it's an ultra low voltage chip. And then you compare it to a full size laptop i3. And the full size i3 is going to smoke that little ultra low voltage i7. Huh. But you know what's going to be more confusing? Apple potentially switching to ARM Max. Oh, chat, st- chat says in- at least NVIDIA didn't do this. <laughs> yeah, NVIDIA has never, ever decided one day to uh, dis- to make in the same generation a 1650 a 1650 super by the way both of which have radically different uh encoders in it do not mix up the two or god help you uh, a 1660 a 1660 ti a 1660 super which by the way you can all still get 
a 2060, a 2060 Super, a 2070, a 2070 Super, a 2080, a 2080 Super, and a 2080 Ti, and a Titan. Oh yeah, and there's also a version of the 2060 floating out there that is actually a imperfect 2070, but is actually cheaper than the 2060, and there's a 1660 out there that is rocking GDDR6. But that's not confusing at all! And then compound that all with the fact that every single one of those versions have factory overclocked versions as well. Big Navi cannot come soon enough. And more importantly... What, what is the next... In, what, what is it? Amper? I think it's Amper is the next uh, NVIDIA GPU. Those can't come soon enough either. Because everything that's happened with Turing is just driving me nucking futz. Amper is coming... Estimate in two weeks. That's what I keep hearing too. I actually do legitimately wonder if we're going to see Amper soon or not. Because the pandemic has thrown everything out of whack. Apple is rumored to be building a ARM-powered Mac with 12 cores. Oh, we actually do have confirmation. We'll check that out in just a minute. But there are rumors coming saying that we should be seeing ARM-powered Macs by 2021. So what does that mean? Right now, Macs are powered by Intel chips pretty much exclusively. Those are what is known as x86. Now, in the past, Macs have been powered by various different CPU architectures. First, they were powered by Motorola chips, which I can't remember what the architecture was on those. I want to say that was like a derivative of what we now know as ARM, but don't quote me on that. Then they switched to PowerPC processors, which were made by IBM. Those were the ones that were known as the G3, the G4, and the G5. Those were known, those were the PowerPC chips. And that was a different architecture than what Intel and AMD had at the time, which is known as x86. Then, in about 2006, that's when Apple abandoned PowerPC and went with strictly Intel. Now, ARM in particular is a low power consuming CPU architecture. In fact, your smartphone, unless you have some sort of a freak of a cell phone, runs on an ARM processor. Notice I didn't say all of them. There are a handful of x86 powered smartphones 
you most likely don't have one because they are very rare. In, um, Apple has, in fact, been making their own ARM processors. And, in fact, their own custom-built ARM processors have been in the iPhone since, well, the dawn of the iPhone. They're also all in the iPad and in the iPod Touch. And probably in the other iPods, too. Do they even still make the other iPods? I am actually legitimately not sure. I want to say they're pretty much all gone, except for... Yeah, sure enough. The other iPods are, in fact, gone. It is only the iPod Touch is the last remaining iPod. Unless they have it hidden in music accessories. No, they do not. Man, when did that happen? I probably even talked about that too. That the iPod Touch was the last remaining iPod. On the bright side, though, it starts at 200 bucks. That's not bad for a pocket computer. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm just sad upon rediscovering that every other iPod is dead. That's, uh, man... But in any case, Apple planning to make a shift over to ARM on their Mac side would be drastic. And if this report saying that they could be introducing a Mac, an ARM-powered Mac in 2021, you want to know what will be the proof of that? It's actually very easy. Wait until WWDC. The Worldwide Developer Conference that Apple holds every June, which this year is going to be digital only, that will give us a new version of macOS that the developers will get. And I guarantee you, one of those developers will be combing through the code of that operating system, digging for any sign that it is ARM compatible. I'd say I'm going to be keeping a close eye on this. But the truth is is that I won't have to. Because if anyone finds the proof of this, they are going to scream it so loud that even the mainstream news is going to pick up on it. Don't doubt me. And yes, we actually did confirm 
NVIDIA's GTC keynote is going to be scheduled is scheduled for May 14th which is most likely where they are going to announce their new Amper GPUs which will most likely only release the highest end one Yeah, it's true. We'll be able to see. We'll be able to see Nvidia's leather jacket that is also wearing a human, because as we all know, Nvidia's CEO is actually a sentient leather jacket that uses some guy as a host. I feel a little bad. I actually can't remember the name of Nvidia's CEO. Fortnite actually had a virtual concert go on and it in fact was apparently amazing I'm not gonna lie I have no idea who Travis Scott is I have no idea because I am a serious nerd who has not kept up on modern music at all but the fact that they're actually going ahead and during this time where we're all trapped inside holding these sort of virtual concerts inside games like this not gonna lie that is really really cool the University of Michigan has created a plasma jet wand that can in a matter of seconds disinfect a surface which currently right now disinfecting a room actually does take quite a bit of time as it is normally used with a UV light station or used with harsh chemicals like isopropyl alcohol bleach or other viricides and germicides that no mere mortal ever has a prayer of pronouncing correctly. Now, with that being said, it is not going to work on people. Do not try to deep throat a plasma jet wand. Do not Try to rub it on your hands, to wash your hands. You are going to have burnt, charred hands. You're going to have a bad time doing that. No, I am not saying that because everyone on Twitter is saying don't drink bleach. I'm saying that because someone is going to do that, whether someone tells them to or not, because they're going to go, I can get clean with this. Wow. And that's going to be the end of your face. And I'm going to laugh. And I'm not going to feel sorry. New Yorkers can now get married on Zoom. Yes, if you are desperate to get married, go to New York. The epicenter of the coronavirus outbreak. And then go rent an apartment. And then be sheltered there. And then 
get married over Zoom. Or wait a couple months. The choice is yours. On the bright side, though, getting married over Zoom, you will not have to worry about inviting your guests. The joke here is that tons of people you don't want at your wedding will just casually go in because Zoom has shown no effort to actually solving their security problems. Can we actually just talk about that for us for a second? Did you know that Zoom has known they have had these security problems for months before coronavirus was even a word and they only decided to start fixing them after they gained popularity? I did not know that until recently. I, why is Zoom popular? Zoom might quite possibly be the Facebook of video conferencing. Which is even sadder for Facebook because Facebook does have their own video conferencing. Don't use Zoom. Just don't. Go do literally anything else. Uh, Which brings us to the last burb. The last story of the day. The weirdest story of the week. Boston Dynamics, who are well known for bullying robots as well as creating them, has brought out their dog robot with an iPad on it to then teleconference a doctor to people in care. So that those in unreachable areas can still get some form of healthcare. I'm sorry. I'm trying my best to not laugh at the thought of this robot dog with an iPad on it. Telling you how you should, in fact, uh, live a healthier life. I'm, I'm sorry, but every... All I can do is just think back to all the Boston Dynamic videos where, in fact, they just go ahead and just try to kick these things over to show how balanced and stable they are. I, I, I just can't help but think about how this poor doctor in an iPad is just going to be bullied by jerks just wanting to try and kick it over. That is going to do it for this episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked what you hear, make sure to follow up, follow this podcast and check out my daily podcast, The Early Burb Briefing, which airs at 4 a.m. every single day. But of course, it's a podcast. You can listen to it whenever. It's just there to make sure you got something to listen to, something fresh every single morning. And check out our Twitch page. We stream every Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday at twitch.tv slash Falcon. Take care. And hopefully, we'll see you next time.
Oh, I'm sorry. No, while, while, while the thing was playing, I couldn't help myself. I brought up a whole bunch of videos about about uh, Boston Dynamics bullying their robots, and I just can't help it. Now, I want you to to I want you to to lean forward and cough. Oh God, no! Don't stop kicking me. Ah, <laughs> uh, I might be going stir crazy. You heard you could save big when you bundle home and auto with Progressive, so you went online to check it out. But then you saw a link for a survey about which type of bread you are. And now you're on question 17, barely scratching the surface of your bread identity. You always thought of yourself as a brioche, but are you actually more of a pumpernickel? Ah, yes. They said it was easy to save money bundling with Progressive, but they forgot about the rest of the Internet. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Okay, parachutes ready. Boy, the things I go through to get auto loan rates as low as 1.04% APR for 36 months on new vehicles with PenFed. You are aware that you don't have to be a military member to save hundreds on your auto loan, aren't you? Anyone can join PenFed. As someone terrified of heights, I probably should have looked into that. Probably. Drop me off at the shore. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash autos or call 1-800-247-5626. Advertised rates available through the PenFed car buying service. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA.